Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hello and welcome to Watching the Tudors. I'm Heather. And I'm Jonathan. And this is the show where we watch the Tudors and talk about the story and the truth behind the drama. So... Like I said, I'm Heather, and I actually have another show, the Renaissance English History Podcast, that I've been doing for going on nine years now. And I thought it would be fun to go back and watch the Tudors and see what was real, what wasn't real, what was just completely made up. And I thought it'd be fun to do it with my husband. Yep, and I'm Jonathan, her husband, <laughs> and I don't have another podcast. And uh, I thought it would be fun to learn about the history my wife so enjoys. And I thought it would be enjoyable to learn about it by watching a television show. So there's a lot of enjoyment going on. Yeah. And, okay. and I don't have to, to read a whole lot, which is a good thing. <laughs> and so the way this works is he asks me questions based on each episode. And um, we talk about what was true, what was dramatic license, and everything like that. So if you want to get deeper into other Tudor history, you can also go to my other podcast site, which is the Renaissance English History Podcast, which is englandcast.com, or you can learn more about us at watchingthetutors.com as well. So we are now on Season 2, Episode 6, and this is called The Definition of Love. And we really start to see the disillusion of the monasteries come here. And that really excites me because that's something in Tudor history that I really love. And it kind of gives me goosebumps. I kind of nerd out on the disillusion of the monasteries. So we'll have some fun talks about that. You're looking at me. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm having a, a similar experience, but with a different uh, storyline. Oh, okay. Yeah, so this also is like the dissolution of the marriage of, um, of Henry and Anne. Look at that, it's poetic. Yeah, and I'm just, I'm loving like every minute of it. Like, I feel bad for her as as a person, yeah. um, just as I kind of, like, I've, I've always kind of felt bad for her as, as like a person, mm -hmm. but as like the, the, the character, like yeah. in, in the story, yeah, like it's just, she's getting, she's, yeah. she's getting. Yeah, you don't like her. No. I know. She, she is reaping what she has sown mm -hmm. or will soon. And again, I would like to make an announcement that <laughs> this is not me being anti-Anne Boleyn. No, I know a lot of the people who listen to this show love Anne Boleyn. Don't send hate mail to me. No, you send is, it to Jonathan. This is all Jonathan. This is 100% Jonathan. Yes. I've come up with these opinions on my own accord. On your own. Okay. So do you want to hop in and ask me some questions oh and just the oh. the, the spoiler alert oh, that we yes, always have alert. is yeah. we're obviously going to talk about the episode so if you haven't seen it and don't want to have it given all away <laughs> watch the episode first right and we're also going to give away general uh spoilers like that are going to happen in future episodes that we kind of would figure that you no. might be yeah like familiar with anyways like Anne gets her head cut off like Anne gets her head cut off yeah so i i mean i don't think she deserves to get her head cut off so i just want to say that now yeah no, okay. one, no one deserves to get their head cut off. 
Okay. Well, I'm glad you can see it in your heart to <laughs> grant her that mercy. In my judgmentalness. Yes. Okay. So the speech by the Pope so to, we to, the, to, the big, to the big group of people. Yeah, we open with that. And that was in response to the execution of Moore yeah. and what was happening there. And I'm not sure that a speech exactly like that took place, but like it shattered Christendom. Like just... People could not believe that Thomas More was executed. That More got killed. So even even more than what was happening, Mm. like the fact that that the news that More came out. Thomas More was famous. He was, you know, a famous humanist, a famous thinker and a writer. He was this bright light of English culture. I mean, it would be kind of just thinking about it in terms of today's world. Like, yeah. Like things take, you know, let's use America as an example. Like mm-hmm. things are pretty kind of wild in America right now. Mm-hmm. So, so you'd they think, say. You'd think people would be, you know, riled up as, as I imagine they are mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah. But I can only imagine if like, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I can't really pick a person, but if just like some random loved sort of celebrity type famous person was like killed it would be like for not taking the oath of succession for something that that was like this moral belief that they had that that would be a whole yeah okay that'd be a whole new level of of and so thomas more was clearly a martyr he was he lived up to what he had a good person like it's not like they were charging him with treason Mm -hmm. or some crazy well Well, they did charge him with treason but but you know what i mean yeah and um, also, the Pope did publicly excommunicate Henry and issued several warnings to Henry publicly yeah. that he shouldn't remarry until, um, and this was before he married Anne Boleyn, but there were, there were times when the Pope would use a public voice like that to issue warnings to Henry in some part because Henry wasn't taking his letters. Yeah. And so the only way he would send he letters, would through them, and he would through, like, the, post through the media like yeah. that, and he would post letters on cathedrals in France and you know, different places places thinking that they would get to him so yeah. they have have letters but that was you know kind of his public way of responding to henry okay yeah. um and then there was like they they intermixed like during his speech they were showing scenes of yeah. like angry men like tearing apart the church kind of churches yeah, so during services this is what happened during the reign of edward the sixth this is not what happened during the reign and of edward the sixth is before or after what after. we're watching so this is henry's son who not only was very protestant himself but had protestant advisors who were deeply protestant so maybe 30 years and the- uh, where are we 1536 uh, we're looking just 15 20 years so they're um, off by 20 years in a yeah in, and they also make it look but- like henry i mean henry henry would not henry was never a protestant henry as much as he wanted to dissolve the monasteries he wanted to do it so that he could have the money and as much as he didn't want to but answer to the pope yeah. he but he, he, he didn't, didn't want to bust want, it up and no those were valuable those things were i mean the, the money alone of busting those kinds of things right mm-hmm. and in the reign of edward the sixth is where we start to see um old ancient frescoes being whitewashed over and God. altars destroyed what? and because it was the whole thing. I mean, this is like not, not even just them, just everyone. Like, why do you have to blow up all the nice stuff? Like, yeah. Well, uh, a lot of like monks would hide things. There's really interesting yeah. stories about things that you know survived <clears throat> through that period um, because the monks hid them really well and things mm-hmm. like that. So this whole smashing of the altars that really bugged me when I watched that because that wasn't what was going on right here. Cromwell might have fantasized about that. But it, it's not something that he could have gotten away with. It's so weird. 
with especially this, this early. Yeah. I mean, like maybe late. Yeah, no. Yeah, he, towards yeah. the end of it. Like Although so, Henry went back to being Catholic, then it's so the weird for me with this show. For listening to you know to you about what's correct and what's not, mm-hmm. it seems like it's it's a rather cor- correct, a- accurate show. Like mm-hmm. t- to me, it seems. Like they they took you know the time to to actually kind of get things right, mm-hmm. except like when in they some do. places when they don't, and it's just like way so it's bad. just like way off, yeah. and it's like that like yeah like like why even put that in there? It wasn't the same time. I, I you mean, know, I, I guess it's. I think I they know. wanted to show dramatically how things were changing in England, or and, like you what know, what was to come, yeah. and foreshadowing. It's almost also like a montage from the yeah. South Park movie. You're gonna need a montage. Yeah. Or that was the South Park episode where they were learning to ski. I think it was. I think it was the South Park movie. Okay. Anyways. Anyways. So the survey of the churches by Thomas Cromwell. <sighs> oh. This is getting. You know weird. what to say to make me happy. <laughs> Riling you up. No. So Thomas Cromwell is in this position now where he is realizing his secret ambitions, which is to tear down Catholicism. Mm -hmm. And he has the perfect pretense for being able to do it because Henry is his um, chests are empty. He needs some gold in his chest. Uh, So things are just really working out like, well, like he's getting power at a good time. And, Mm -hmm. and the thing is, so what he can do, so he sent, he, he did this, he surveyed all of these all of these houses, religious houses, and documented areas where they were not living up to what they were meant to be living up to, mm-hmm. which was a place of piety and you know monasticism. And oh, all yeah, this that's kind of stuff. right. You were telling me like they were just like partying. Yeah, no, they had illegitimate children and just living there, and they. I mean, it's so hard because on one hand, everything that we look at now through. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. through history is written through the lens of the Protestants one, right? You yeah. know, I mean, after Elizabeth the first and the, and the church settlement, England is firmly Protestant. Catholics have a really hard time. Catholics were not even allowed to be in parliament until I think it was the 19th century. Uh-huh. You know, it, there's the England is firmly Protestant and that's where we're hearing about these things is through that history. Yeah. So it's hard to, to believe all of the it's stories. Accurate representation. Right. But they're definitely and and the thing is also at this point the church was the largest landowner in England. And every town had its own abbey and uh, you know a, a place for the monks they provided mm-hmm. schools they provided hospitals they provided um places for like hotels mm-hmm. they were where well, like, i mean i mean living here in, in spain when I mean, you drive through you know little towns it's like that's that's what there is it's like yeah. the churches so I, yeah. I can imagine i mean that was like the town centered yeah. around the church yeah absolutely and and these monks would 
um, and the, and the nuns, you know, that's what they did. They, they tended to the sick and they tended to, and there's, there's beautiful stories of, you know, nuns and monks risking their own lives during periods of plague to, you know, help people and, and stuff like that. And for many towns, that's, that was their school, that was their hospital. So there was, and we'll see this later in the next season with the pilgrimage of grace, there was a huge, like in, in a lot of places, for the further from London that you got, yeah. the more people rejected this idea and, and saw more importance with the monks. And, yeah, and, and the, the churches, the and it wasn't like they were just like it was like some you know country estate. I right. mean, it was like the, and the so town in, school later and like, on in you know in in fifteen thirty late thirty six into thirty seven was the Pilgrimage of Grace when the the North just blew up tens of thousands of people just rebelling in favor of their their monasteries. Cromwell did have lots of records of people who were not living up to this ideal. So there is the case, and that story about the duck's blood is true. um, And there are stories about where... Oh, he said there's this vial that it was meant to be like the virgin's blood. Oh, you're right, yeah, yeah, and it was duck's blood, yeah, yeah. And that that was documented. Um, Another one that is kind of funny is he said, you know, if you added up all of the pieces of the true cross in England, like all of these houses that said they had pieces of the true cross, like it literally was like a house, you know, of all of these shrouds of the two and and their Mm -hmm. shards. And, and that was just in England. So, you know, all over Europe people, and that was a way that they made money, you know, so they made money off of rents, they made money off of tithes, and they made money off of charging pilgrims. People would come see the, yeah, and they would ask for a blessing, and they, you know, the same way we kind of go into churches and light a candle and stick a, a euro in mm-hmm. the box or whatever, people would come and pray to the Virgin's blood and mm-hmm. give them some money. And so, yeah, that's that story. So that that's what we start to that's what we start to see here. Okay, and then you talked about the fake relics a little. That was my next yeah. question. Um, and then my next question was about the plays. Like, was that yeah. a thing? Like the. The, the actor play Ooh, like is yeah, that a the thing the birth of elizabethan theater right here too the, i mean like it just seemed it was like a government propaganda play basically well, like, okay I, I mean, it, it, it wasn't exactly like that but yes so in the past what what had been theater previous previous under the, the were the were mumming shows mummers shows and you still see that like there's mummers parades in philadelphia and stuff like that and it's like religious people who are the mystery plays as well that's what they're also known as mystery plays and i don't don't know what those are but mm, well they're plays that tell a religious story the kind of thing you put on a church now like the nativity scenes and stuff like that those would be considered like old-time mystery plays okay and so they had always existed like that but during the reformation People wanted to try to take that and and take the religious pro-pope aspect out of it and did turn it into Protestant propaganda. So there were very similar plays to that. But then the other thing is it it became more secular in general. So that's where you start to have room for, in later generations, Ben Johnson and Shakespeare and all these people coming up. Um, The whole theater just kind of took off once it was freed from the the necessity to have it be religious. I see. Yeah. And the other part that I think is really ironic, if you go even further to like the end of the Elizabethan period, the Protestants didn't like the theater anymore. And once the Protestants actually, once the Puritans, which is the extreme end of Protestantism is the Puritan, that's like the crazy, that whole end of that spectrum, Mm -hmm. 
not necessarily crazy, but the, yeah, that yeah, end. Yeah. Um, they hated plays because they were seen as, you know, too... Like entertainment yeah. type. Yeah. And once they had power during the English Civil War, they actually closed all the theaters. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's interesting because it was like the Protestant Reformation that made the Elizabethan <laughs> theater yeah, yeah, yeah. that they hated so yeah. much. So um, anyway, yeah, the, that's kind of where, where we start to get that. Okay. Yes. Were they So then there was like the scene where uh, George Boleyn and Cromwell and Cranmer were all walking together and chatting mm-hmm. about like, you know, being, being anti-Catholic. Like, were they a little, a little click? Like, did they yeah. kind of gang up on the Catholic church together? Well, they, you know, it still wasn't safe at this point to call yourself a Protestant. So, I mean, even until the end, I think it's really interesting. It's still kind of like hush-hush. like Right. And some of the last people, because Henry was always saying all along he wasn't a Protestant. He was still yeah. a loyal subject of the church. It's just the Pope was screwing him. So, so was everyone kind of playing like the funny game, like we all know what's happening, but we can't like say it. Well, on the Protestant side, they were, yeah. I mean, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like they were all like, I mean, mm-hmm. they, they were going around saying, yes. We'd, we'd really like to clean up this 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 Catholicness that we're kind of did, supporting, even though they they totally don't, and they just want to take everyone down. Right, and they did refer to him as the Bishop of Rome, um, so they stopped calling him the Pope. So they would start to refer to him as the Bishop of Rome, like they do in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Henry till his dying day believed that he was a good son of the Church. What a and, weird game. I mean, so, yeah. like, did he not see that he was like opening the door to all like? The other people that weren't yeah. on his well, level, like I think he thought he could contain it. You know, I don't, I don't know. I, he's the king, right? So he gets to. Yeah, he I think it's really fool, interesting because I forget whether they show it here, but um, at the towards the end of his life, um, some of the last people that he killed, one was a Protestant, and the other one was a Catholic, and he killed them both for heresy. And it's like, how how does that? Mm-hmm. How can you kill both a Catholic and a Protestant for heresy yeah. in the same execution? Like I can imagine yeah. them. Like usually when people were like, like you can't you can't kill both of us. Like, but I also think like usually when people were burned, like, and you see during the Marian mm-hmm. martyrs, they would like kind of shout out like to each other, like you know, have have faith. We're we're going to mm-hmm. see each other in heaven very soon, and mm-hmm. you know we can get through this and all this kind of stuff. And oh, you mean they kill he killed at the same yeah. time? Like, I mean, yeah. I don't know. like I just can't like. Like, okay, so I shouldn't be killed, together. but you should. Yeah. And the other one, like, you sh- you're going to go to hell. I'm going to go to heaven. Yeah. Like, you know, like, and that's what I, it's so hard when you look at these, these religious tensions, because we see it now through this belief that we have of religious freedom, religious tolerance. And even the Protestants didn't want religious tolerance. They want a religious tolerance for themselves, but not for the Catholics. Mm-hmm. And the Catholics didn't want it for the Protestants. And each side firmly believed that the other side was going to go to hell and like the they felt it like in their marrow you know like it was just part of the belief system that they were right and the other side was wrong and i find that fascinating that you can go through this period where you go catholic protestant catholic protestant you know like crazy and each time like i i am fascinated by like what the average person would have thought mm-hmm. like i'm just trying to i'm just trying to not get killed like i'll say whatever you want me to say but and yeah. that's where I think I said it before. That's where crossing your fingers comes from, because people would cross it's their just, fingers when they were saying. Like, it should be so confusing, like like you know, scary looking men with swords like come and say, and they say like we're going to ask you some religious questions, and you're right. like, 
well, okay. can you first tell me what side you're on exactly. so I can adjust my answers? Like, I don't even care. Like, what do you want me to say? Right. So you don't chop, like, chop me up. I don't like, right. whatever. Yeah. I have, I have, I have parts of my family who think the other parts of the family are going, going to hell because yeah, they're, no, they're different kind of Baptists than, than the other ones. Yeah. So uh, this is all, it's all foreign to me. <laughs> it's, it's not foreign, but mm-hmm. I don't get it. Um, printing press. Okay, that was another thing I just had to like. I couldn't take it. Yeah, I couldn't take it. So, so did they not just just <laughs> the printing press? The first printer in England was William Caxton. He was during the reign of Edward the Fourth. Wait, and so we were just you were just saying Edward the Sixth Six. was his son. So the yeah, Edward the Fourth would be like grandfather. a few generations. No, because Edward the Fifth was one of the princes in the Tower. He only reigned for like a week before his uncle oh. killed him. Now I'm going to get hate mail from Ricardians. I'm sorry. He probably killed him. There's no proof. Whatever. Just okay. move on. They're not listening sorry. that close. Okay. Um, so Edward the Fourth and his wife Elizabeth Woodville and Elizabeth Woodville's was a, a early patron of Cax of Caxton. Also, her brother Lord Rivers was one of the earliest writers and person who supported the printing press. And this is, we're talking in the 1480s, 14, like, 1470s, it's like 50, 60 years old. Yeah. And so obviously <laughs> Henry VIII, Elizabeth Woodville was his grandmother. Mm. He would have known about the printing press. Yeah. Obviously this is not new technology. Like this is, but I think they brought it in here to show that this is a period where people did start to utilize. I mean, the printing press blew everything up mm-hmm. in in Europe and made so, these I mean, ideas spread. It, it's it's just like confusing. the internet. I mean, so why not have the scene and just you know have it be like, hey, look, we're using the printing press to print out these yeah, things well, instead of it being like, look at this new invention. It's just funny. It's like I'm just surprised they didn't. <laughs> well, maybe there will be next season. They'll be like, hey, we invented the television, right. and it's like, what? No, no, you didn't. That's, yeah. It's like, we're now yeah. we're hundreds of years off. Yeah. So just testing us to see how bad our history is. Right. Yeah. So yeah. that the printing press did change everything for it religious was, ideas. It was a big deal. It was kind of like the internet, you know, suddenly anybody can find information and, mm-hmm. but it was not new at this period. I mean, it, it was not something they wouldn't have known. So then was it real that they wanted to marry Elizabeth? Yeah. There to were the French there were talks for that. Mm-hmm. And that would have been perfect for um, Anne because she was raised in the French court. And mm-hmm. So giving her legitimacy and everything like that, it would have been, would really have been great. a good, would have been a good match. Yeah. And, but see, the thing is once, um, has Catherine died yet? No, Catherine's just on the honor deathbed. Cause he was uh-huh. asking. All right. I I've Catherine around. was going to die. I mean, I guess everyone dies, but yeah, I really like that. Catherine. <laughs> Once and I'm not sure how they are with She's the way such they're a strong woman. Yeah. Um, once Catherine dies, the threat of war from the empire is suddenly lessened, and Henry doesn't feel like he's pushed into having to have an alliance with France anymore. But at this point, yeah, um, she would have like. Are you crying? No, I'm not. Okay. No. <laughs> I maybe feel like it, but no. Okay. So yeah, and they were, it was snubbed and. And it kind of played out pretty similar to how it did in here. And it was also another slap in the face for Anne. Okay. Then we have the scene where Henry was sort of being haunted by more. Yeah. And I guess my question was not necessarily like literally if he was haunted like by his ghost, but you know, was Henry kind of haunted by, by more like the rest of his life? I think he always felt, and especially after Anne didn't give him a son, 
and after he realized that his marriage yeah, to talk Anne about wasn't, something you can't take back. I mean, it's yeah. like one thing destroying the church as you know it, but it's another thing like killing your your, your, your buddy. buddy. Like, I mean, yeah. killing your buddy. Like, yep. I was talking about it with with Heather. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think Dave would ever listen to this, but I have a good buddy, my old buddy Dave. Like, I just I can't imagine like killing kill Dave. Dave. Like, yeah. I mean, it's like. You know, I, I can't imagine what he would do and, like, kill him. I mean, it's like, you know, excommunicate him. Like, you know, send him to Australia. Like, yeah, like kill him. Like, just, yep. like, damn. Yeah, so I think Henry <sighs> always felt. Yeah, like, but maybe at the same he should have killed his buddy. Like, you know, but at the same time, Moore made it so hard for him to not. And the not two of them. just send him to Russia. Tell him when he killed him. I don't. Yeah, but then it's your buddy. I mean, he seemed as if he would not go it's quietly. I, I it's mean, your I hear you. I, I hear you. You're not going to talk me into this. No, I, and Dave, you're safe. Don't worry. I'm not going to kill you, Dave. <laughs> we love you, Dave. <laughs> Dave is the artist who makes the sketches yes. of the Tudor women on my shop. I have a shop, TudorFair.com. Look at how I how I work oh, that in work there. That in. He's a very talented yes. artist, and he's made some sketches of some amazing yeah. Tudor women, the Kick-Ass Tudor Women Collection, yes. and you can go to it at TudorFair.com. Nice. Thank you, Dave. How do you spell Tudor? F-A? F-A-I-R. T-U-D-O-R. F-A-I-R. Nice. Um, what was the deal with the marriage of George Boleyn? That is a question that people have been wondering for 500 years. All right. Because, like, that seemed really weird. Yeah. The, and, like, he's gay or... they. And to start with, also, they didn't just get married here. They got married somewhere around 1424, or sorry, 1524 or 25. So they'd been married for a while at this point. Yeah. Um, the I think the biggest evidence that there was a problem was that she gave evidence against yeah because you were telling me like she she ended up tests ends up testifying against everyone yeah like but at the same yeah. time how much is of that is just her preserving i mean i i don't know yeah and yeah we don't know and that's not the and kind the of other thing, thing is would document really and the know. other thing is that they were married for 10 years and they never had any children so that's another thing to look yeah. at is like were they really that but, you know, maybe they couldn't have kids. Maybe it was yeah. like a heartbreak to them that they yeah. couldn't. There's actually a book that I'm reading right now that is historical fiction, but she tries to paint Jane. In a, Jane is historically like seen as this really horrible person. Cause she, That's George Boleyn's yeah, wife. She, 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 she's going to lose her head because she enabled Catherine Howard's indiscretions um, several wives from now. Okay. And so there's this kind of view that she's this busybody who gets in the way of everybody and, and like just is out for herself and blah, 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 blah. And I'm reading a book right now that tries to paint her in a different picture. And it's interesting. And she actually tries to show that the marriage was, was very loving, but um, you know, the evidence is really sparse okay. either way, but yeah. Yeah. And then there was the Henry Norris guy who came to, came to ask King Henry for permission yes. to, to pursue Madge. Madge. Who had been Henry's mistress. And like, these are like real people that we actually Henry like Norris know is, exist. He's going to die. Okay. Yeah. So he, he was for 40. that or no, they said oh, okay. that he was with Anne Boleyn. He's one of the men that gets framed for being with Anne Boleyn. So this no, is, I mean, so, so it's, so it's kind of for that. I yeah. mean, I mean, maybe not necessarily for that, but if, if he would have fancied someone else, he might not have gotten killed. 
Possibly, yeah, because he wouldn't have been in the if he if he didn't spend so damn much time in the queen's bedchamber. I mean, I guess that's it. I'm, then he wouldn't have gotten killed. But he was after Madge. She was in the no, queen's. You bedroom. just need to stay. You stay can't away touch from any of those when, women when there's like explosive situations. You just need to back away. Yeah, don't date. Find yourself a nice country girl. You no, don't need to just, be dating Mad Shelton. Just, just move back. Yeah, the Boleyns made Cromwell. So that like, was that, that was during scene. that that play mm-hmm. and the. Uh, Thomas. Thomas Boleyn was saying, "Oh, the best the best thing we ever did was was make you was it rise yeah. you up or yeah. whatever to Cromwell." Like what? I I don't they, did did they? I, I don't really. I mean, they he oh, because he's the one because, who because the Boleyns kind of tore down Wolsey, right? So that kind of opened the door, and also because they were Protestants and they knew that Cromwell shared their yeah, beliefs. Yeah, and they were and kind of like feeding it, like mm-hmm. they were kind of feeding the Protestant thing. Through and Cromwell's him. the one who was eventually able to figure out how to get the divorce. Okay, and so but so it wasn't it wasn't like necessarily they picked Cromwell as their guy, and were like pumping him up as as much as it was that they just allowed. Him they, to they, rise, they, yeah. They made the situation so that he could. And the great irony is that he will also make the situation that has them fall. He's he's in it for Cromwell. Yeah, I, I yeah, that's I'm cool with that. Except that Thomas Thomas Boleyn gets out of it, right? He does. Ah, oh, it's just wrong. <clears throat> he's a bad man. Power struggle in front of Brandon. That was awkward that with, with was the king and, and the queen. And yep. so that was uh, Brandon came to ask and say, you know, is, is it okay if I, you know, escort the, the French? Henry asked him to have, receive the French. Yeah. And, and then she said, what, you know, why, 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 why their home? Yeah. So, so we uh, obviously we have no idea if they argued about that, that particular thing. No. But in general, like, was stuff getting, like, well, would, would they, like, get, I mean, would that even happen, like, in kind of, quote-unquote, public? It, would- it, it was starting to happen like that in public, yes. Um, there were starting to be scenes, there was starting to be a lot of rumors that, I mean, as early as 1535, Henry started having these rumors that, saying he wished he hadn't married Anne, that... And when, uh, I don't remember years, like, how, how long after their marriage is this? Uh, well, they got married in 1533. Okay, and so in 33, they married her, and, and already within two years, they're having yeah, people Yeah, and say that's, that. like, a year before she died. So for yeah. a whole year, it wasn't like it was just a, a quick Out personality change. Okay. For a year, he had been it, saying It was, like, that. building up. And yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Yikes. <laughs> Yikes, indeed. You can see the writing on the wall. Well, Anne can't. She needs to behave herself a little bit better. No, she can't. Well, I mean, I feel like she can, but she just, it's like she can't control herself. She can't. Well, I don't think she can believe that it could happen. She's like this, oh, the chosen man. one, you know? He yeah. left Chris, he got excommunicated for yeah, her. Yeah, for her. Yeah, because she told him to. And because yeah. she was holding out. Like, yeah. But that's the thing. Once you give up that power, then you don't yeah. get that power. It's very different to be a mistress than a, than a wife, Yes, right? indeed. Um, Although we're in, as much in love as we were 12 years ago. Yes, of, of, of course. <laughs> we are. Stop it. Chapuis is quite disturbed by all these occurrences. is. Well, it's his religion getting torn down. I just, I can't even imagine, like, being in a country that, or, you know, working like that. Like, that's, Mm -hmm. it's cool. Like, everything's good. And then all of a sudden, it's like, (laughs) you know, that 
yeah, it's like burning effigies of your yeah your people. Like, yeah, yeah. And it just changed. Wow. So, all right. Um, and then, Aunt, what is the Anne's pinky thing? I, I was okay. confused by that. I didn't know what was happening. So this is the first time they bring it up in this show, I guess, that she has a sixth finger. Never during her lifetime, but towards the end of the 16th century, this rumor started by grandchildren of somebody, blah, 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 that she had a sixth finger on her finger, okay. a, a sixth pinky finger on her hand. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some historians, Alison Weir is one of them, who still portray her with the sixth finger. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't necessarily a whole finger, but it was like the Whatever. beginnings of a, of a nail. Yeah. She had something like a, the beginnings of a finger or some yeah. kind of a fingernail. Now, there's no contemporary m- talking about this at all. The fact that they start to bring it up here, that would start to be evidence of witchcraft. And that is eventually what's going to be pinned on her is calling her a witch. So the idea that you might have a devil's mark, okay. for example. And I think they also talked about her moles and stuff that she had, that she had moles. And those were all seen at the time period as being devil's marks. Hmm. And so, you know, this is starting to set up the idea of, of calling her a witch. Um, and again, this is not contemporary, though. They they did not bring up this sixth finger in her lifetime. Yeah. This was afterwards. People were talking about it. Okay. Although the, the thing that I think they, they say might make it more probable that it's true is it was talked about under the reign of Elizabeth, who was her daughter. So you would think if it wasn't true, they wouldn't bring they that were, up. Yeah. So, or it'd be denied. you know, that's, I guess, what's in the pro side of believing that she had something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very possible she just had some kind of weird mark there. You know, who knows? But that's what people said. She had this sixth finger. Okay. Yeah. And I'm not sure that the king would have chosen a woman with a sixth finger. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think it'd be like, oh, yeah, come here, rub me with your little with your freaky <laughs> fingers sticking out. Like, no offense to people with extra fingers. That's cool. You're not anti-extra fingers? <laughs> no, I just want to make it clear that I've always been pro. Extra fingers. Extra extremities. Yeah. Um, so then there was a scene with Cromwell sitting around his desk going through all these letters from yes. people. Like, what... What were those letters? Who were writing them? He was encouraged. So he had a spy network. Um, similar. We we often think that the first spy master in England was uh, Francis Walsingham under Elizabeth. But I, I've, I've often thought that. You've often. I know you have. We, we debate <laughs> that, right? Um, but in truth, Cromwell had a spy network. Every, well, I wouldn't say every bit is sophisticated, but pretty sophisticated. And he he would encourage people to tell on their neighbors. So if you saw your neighbors doing something that was too popish, you should write to one of his agents or whatever and report on them. It's 1984, only in 1534. And so you you might if if something is found and you uncovered something like you might get like a loaf of bread or yeah or some s- reward or something. something yeah so people were very s- so people were just telling on each other yeah so if you had a, an argument with your neighbor for example, yeah exactly like your neighbor you didn't you've been arguing about some fence oh john for, still like, has his rosary know, 40 years right? and it's like yeah so then the french ambassador rolled into rolled into town yeah or whatever mm-hmm. his outfit was just <laughs> out of this world and yeah. I believe I've asked you this before, but I just to check in again. Yes. Like these are somewhat accurate um, depictions of, of what 
these guys would wear. And I, I, I know this wasn't what people were wearing mm-hmm. in the streets, but like, yeah, would the French ambassador have been wearing that that wild getup? Yeah. Now look, this is a, we're looking at a Holbein portrait of Henry VIII here. This is what you know a typical what Henry would have wanted. Yeah, but people that's the to, king. I mean, like that. Dude yeah, but I mean that's the fashion. Smooth. People are gonna people are gonna emulate the king yeah. in their in their fashions. You know, you want and you want your ambassadors to look really good to show your wealth. Ah, uh, no, that makes sense. So those those ambassadors might be like the best dressed dudes. Yeah, that because there it's are, like, look how wealthy my people showing. are. Yeah, this is just some guy. Yeah. I just threw this together. Is the jewels down the side yeah. of his... Oh, and the fabrics and stuff. That's what yeah. I'm just amazed at with those... Deep With, red. like, that guy's... The French guy's outfit. Like, that. those fabrics are just... Like, I'm, like I, yeah. I can't even imagine how much money, like, the fabric is yeah. worth like much less like constructing the actual yeah. piece of, of clothing and yeah it's, it's really it's really amazing and were things really like with henry and anne um were things really that snippy like what yeah. what, what was that argument about so she said he went over to get the secretary to introduce her but he got distracted yeah. by the beautiful woman yeah isn't that a, and then he and then he never even Came said anything at the secretary <laughs> anyways yep. Yeah, no, there were a lot of public outbursts like that. I just can't. Like, it was very awkward. I can't. I mean, I, I would think that at some point, like someone would. I mean, I guess people didn't like her, but I, I think someone would lean over and say, "Like, chick, like you're gonna you're gonna get killed if you if you don't shut up." Like, yeah. This is a uh, this is another famous. I think this is Holbein. Um, yeah, this is a picture of the... It's called The Ambassadors. Oh, they're showing me a picture right I'll now. I'll add a link in the show notes. And it specifically is... Um, it's the, it's some specific people, yeah. but that they were ambassadors. He's wearing, he's wearing a pretty wearing smooth a outfit. Pretty... That is not your average... It's not your average dude. Yep. No. And 15, you know what's interesting about this painting yeah. is... Do you see this down here? That's a skull. If you look at it yeah, from, like from a different, a angle. different angle. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it's like one of the first times you see that in art. is like this weird 3D yeah. rendering. Yeah, I took art history in high school. Oh, so you recognize this painting then? I do. And that, nice. And that, that skull. And it's a pretty famous one. Yeah. So yes, you can see they are nicely dressed. I know a little bit about art history. Cool. No, I got a D in art history. No other kind of history. How funny I is that? barely passed art history in college. Yeah. You know why? Because it was all slide identification, and I'm not that visual. Like, every test was... And it was Italian Renaissance, and it was all, like, these frescoes of angels. And it's like, I don't know, Angel by Michelangelo. Gosh, you're missing out. Angel. Well, that's... It's just so funny, because, like, I don't understand your fascination with history, but, like, art history is, like, fascinating to me. And to hear that you're not... Well, you know, by here's the thing, history? though. So I wasn't then, but then when I lived in London, I mm. worked just off the Strand, right by the National Gallery, and it was free to go in the National Gallery. And I used to think, well, I'm not an artist person; I don't really care about going to the National Gallery. But I thought, well, it's free; I should go in and check it out. And I became so interested in the art. Um, <laughs> so then. There's a there's also the plot to kill Anne. There was that guy yeah. that was like having a fantasizing about having killed Anne. Like that's still ongoing. Like there's this is constantly there's just everyone. There's always someone trying to kill. Her. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's that's just royal. I mean, that's like leading a, a world power. There's, and also, there's if someone you're that trying hated. to kill you. Yeah. But like any any president is trying to be killed mm-hmm. by someone, huh? Yeah. Just humanist. Yeah. The king was talking about how he's a humanist deep down. And mm-hmm. Just, what, what's a humanist again? A humanist was somebody who believed in secular education, 
Um, and in studying the classics, you could almost say they were like the educational side of the Renaissance. So there's the art side of the Renaissance and there's the, you know, different music sides of the Renaissance. They were the educational side of the, of the Renaissance and the writing. And, you know, they wanted everybody to be educated and studying music and arts and, you know, the new classic, well, the new, the new classics, the new old, um, and having access to all of that. And that was pretty much the gist of being a humanist. Okay. Why do you look perturbed? I'm not entirely sure I understand, but that's... It's, okay, well, so I, up I don't until know this if it's point, important So, for, for example, up until this point, girls weren't educated at all. And okay. even later in the 17th century, girls would not be educated at all because humanism okay. wasn't such an important... So they the think, idea they that think the human was value. The, the, the human was a value. We, it wasn't... This life wasn't just the stepping point for the next life. This life had value in it right here. And we could learn and we could make ourselves smarter and so become as a, better human beings. I mean, I guess beings. as opposed to what? Like, that's what I'm not understanding. Oh, as opposed, as opposed to, to a king only needs to learn sword craft and um, how to hold a shield. And a normal person. Doesn't need to know anything about how, except how to pick potatoes. Okay. And a humanist And thinks, a woman doesn't need to know anything except how to do needlepoint. And, and a humanist, humanist thinks, thinks you should learn languages, every, you should like learn music, should every, as many people as possible, especially women too, should learn music and should learn the the languages. They should learn Greek and Latin and, you know, all the different languages hmm. and all of this knowledge is available to us and, and we can, we deserve to have it and we deserve to have, to have this knowledge because we're valuable here now and this life we can bring poetry I to just, the world. And it's, I guess, I guess what it is, is it's hard for me to fathom anything that's not that. Right. Well, humanism. No, I, 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 yeah, no, it's it's a nice thing, but it's just it's wow. Like I yeah. can't imagine that. Like, yeah, yeah. Like we're I'm expanding. Yeah, like we're all like everyone involved in this podcast is like reaping the rewards of humanism winning because mm-hmm. like people listening are learning and we're sharing information and I'm learning about history. And also and we can do this on a computer, which is available to everybody. And that's like on a whole new level of humanism yeah, and winning. Can, and they can listen like, by phone. downloading over the internet. and like The internet is humanism. Dude. Is your mind blown? Humanism rocks. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> All right. So my last four questions are kind of a, a funny deterioration of I um, love this. making I love sense. This. So we have... French guy didn't meet Anne. Why? Proposal change. Anne is fucked. Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so shall I go through them one by one? Well, did yeah. you, you just want to. There were snubs against Anne and the proposal dropped off. Nothing. I don't know that it was ever that formal, but it became unformal really quickly. And there was talk again of Mary and you know, nothing wound up happening with it. No, but, but they but they really suggested that. Yeah. Or do, do we know? Do we yeah, know that no, they, they were they were talking about that Mary was the legitimate one? I, mean, and, I just can't imagine like hearing that for Aunt, like how gutting. Like to me, that's mm-hmm. that's the definition of of the term gutting. Mm-hmm. Like it would just be it would be like gutting to hear yeah. that. Yeah, it's like no, we won't. We don't want to marry Elizabeth because she's not um, legitimate, but. But we'll marry Mary. She's the legitimate one. Oh. Well, and Mary had been <clears throat> Mary had been uh, betrothed to them yeah. as well. No, I so, know. I mean, I understand that, but yeah. just in that, like, man. Yeah. And then Anne, yeah, she's she's done. Mm-hmm. I mean, what good? Like, what good is she now? I don't, I don't mean. Yeah. But 
And then dogs. Yeah, there were dogs. Were there dogs? Like the, someone was walking oh, a dog. Were, yeah. Like did people Anne have Boleyn, dogs Anne Boleyn had then? a dog called Porque. Um, and she said it was because it was always looking up wondering Porque, wondering what was going on. Mm-hmm. And so she called him Porky or Porque. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, people. And later on, uh, Catherine Howard would give Anne of Cleves a Christmas gift of two dogs. So people had dogs. And there was a zoo in the tower. Did normal people have, have dogs? Mm-hmm. Or I would guess like shepherd yeah. shepherd dogs. Yeah, and people had cats too. And the Like, like for fun, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, like, yeah, like we had, do. Like yeah. we have you had pets, pets for leisure. Yeah, well, whatever. I mean, it, yeah. I don't know why you have a pet. You would have a cat I mean, to I, chase I do. Them, I love pets, eat, the, just... eat the rats and stuff. Okay. But, you know, the, the real problem of all of this was they would always kill the cats during plague time because they, they thought, thought that they were the ones they were the spreading ones. them because God, they knew they were like linked. yeah because you like, needed to have the cats to kill the, the rats. cats would have killed all the rats yeah and it was the rats oh yeah so there's all these stories about people taking their cats like some people would try to like smuggle no, theirs out because they loved them so much the and stuff but um people would have to shoot their animals because they thought it was related to the plague they kill the rats yeah so that's so this that's, episode that's all that's all yep. thank you so much for listening if you enjoy this show please leave us a rating on itunes it really helps um you can learn more about us at watching you can also go to my other podcast the renaissance english history podcast at englandcast.com and subscribe to that too and yeah we'll, we'll be back soon with more downfall and disillusion gosh it's all falling apart it it's been falling apart but it's really falling apart it's now. really falling apart You're thanks right. for listening everyone. thanks for listening okay bye bye into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.